0: just go to cars.com It's magical.
1: Ha! Ah, it worked. Sorry, folks. Facebook was messing with us. But we are now live. I'm- Bingo, bango,
2: bongo. Dave has defeated the evil technology. And we are live to talk about your 5-in-1 Minnesota Vikings. Look, we know that this hasn't been the prettiest 5-in-1. But at the end of the day, we have a fantastic record. Now comes the time where Kevin O'Connell and the coaching staff is going to look at what isn't going well, how to fix it, to continue moving forward. So we're going to start taking a look at that. We're going to to look at the positives, we're going to look at the negatives, and we're going to look at how things project moving forward. Welcome to The Real Forno Show.
1: Welcome to The Real Forno Show. Managing editor of the USA Today's Vikings Wire, betting and college football analysis For the Fantasy Points website, publisher of Substack Run and Shooter, host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hungy on the Voices of Wrestling podcast network, as well as a member of Climbing the Pocket. How
2: good was that open from our guy Dave? It is updated with all of my New things, And if you like AEW and professional wrestling, please check out my, my other podcast, which will drop tomorrow, both its own feed and the Voice of Wrestling podcasting network feed. Mary, I see you in the chat saying hi to Odie. He is not in my office right now. He is with my lovely wife. And he says hi back and probably a little arf arf as well. He has been a very good boy today. Very, very sleepy, which has helped me get some work done. Dave, let's just start off with a general question here real quick. We're five
1: and one. How are you feeling? I'm feeling wonderful. It's a great Monday. It's a victory Monday. The Packers lost. The Vikings won. We're over two games, technically two games up in the division. It's actually two and a half because we own the tiebreakers. Everything is absolutely fabulous. There's nothing wrong whatsoever.
2: Well, I mean, you, you did tell me earlier it's going to be 40 in Austin tomorrow. In the morning. Yeah, well, you know, forty is forty. So, um, look, we're five and one. Four, 4 game winning streak. Three of those have been come from behind fourth quarter victories, and we're going to talk about some things that really stand out from the uh, from the course of the first six games. And I'm going to be honest; I for the most part, I kind of throw the first two games out because week one is always just a wild crapshoot. Week two, look, we just we got pulverized by a fantastic football team. There were some things to take away from it, some of which have been fixed, some of which haven't. And we're going to get into what hasn't been fixed from that. But what I really want to look at is the last four games, because I think that is the epitome of where this football team is right now, Dave. Uh, And, excuse me, that green boost is making me burp. Uh, One of the (laughs) things that... That's what
1: happens when you drink
2: grass. Hey, you know what? It's not grass. It's a lot of fruit, okay? Like, look i'll I, I stick with like my a,
1: bourbon and soda. i had
2: two beers last night and i feel like i've been hit by a damn truck so you need
1: to practice more
2: look you didn't know me when i was in college dave i practiced all the time i it was it was at least three nights a week going to the bar and it wasn't just going for a drink so all right let, let's kind of let's kind of dive into some stuff and guys if you have questions. Throw them in the comments because we're just going to talk about all kinds of things. We're not going to really do a a game review of the Vikings. Um, If you listen to the final score, I was on with Dave and Jonas, our good friend from Germany, yesterday. So you can kind of hear my extended thoughts. You can also read them all at the Vikings Wire, where I am, as you heard, the managing editor. We're going to talk big picture. Uh, Dan, listen, um, uh, that's not the worst idea in the world. I may do that in the morning. Don't tell my wife. Um, listen. Uh, let's let's kind of talk big picture things. So, if you have questions, throw them in the comments. Let's get let's get a rock and rolling, Dave. I want to start off with the defense because the defense has been a big point of contention among analysts and Vikings fans because they're not allowing points. they which I, I think the number is nineteen point six most points per game. Impor- most important stat of a defense. Mm-hmm. No, a hundred percent. Um, nine, like, 19.6 points per game. That's incredible. Um, considering how many yards they're giving up, they are one of the worst teams in the National Football League in giving up yards. Um, they are 17th against the run, so which is good. They are 30th against the pass and 29th overall. Now, that's points. Sorry, that's yards. Points. They are 14th. Mm-hmm. Thankfully. I'll take that as a big, big win for this football team. So, but the, here's the question, Dave. Way to How, go, Joseph. is this defense really? Um, oh, Joseph, you were there? Hell yeah. That's awesome. Hopefully, you were on the 80-degree side, not the 120-degree side. Uh, we really can't be mad at that because the Vikings did the same thing at TCF. When they hosted the Seahawks for that wildcard game, they had the sun. And the Seahawks didn't, and it was like 20, 30 degrees warmer on the Viking sideline because of that. So it's hard.
1: You can't really be well, mad at it. its strategy. If it's, and you it's have to- the, if it's the minus five game, you want to be on the sun side. But they do mm-hmm. the same thing at US Bank Stadium too. They put the the visiting team, even though it's not 20 degrees warmer, they put them in the sun. So they're constantly looking at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And uh Dan just kind of put something in the chat, Dave, that I want to touch on. Defense seems to be bending like Gumby. Somebody else said that. And I I remember hearing it. I'm like, that was just tremendous. It may have even been on this network. I genuinely don't remember. So I'm going to give all the credit to Dan. Um, look, this is a very bent, don't break defense. And they've been bending, but they haven't been breaking. They allowed 458 yards yesterday. They were outgained by the Dolphins, who were playing two backup quarterbacks, by 224 Yards. My question to you, Dave, is even though they allowed a lot of yards and they allowed some sustained drives, they still only allowed 16 points and they forced turnovers to kind of compensate for that. So my thoughts coming out of that game is is this defense actually good? And it's just a mirage that they're bad because they're allowing so many yards just because of the defensive structure? I'm I'm kind of thinking that this is a good defense that on paper looks way worse than it is. What do you think?
1: They're not good like in 2017 Vikings.
2: Oh, absolutely not.
1: Um, Are they adequate so far for the games we've played? Yes, all except for Philadelphia. They've obviously proven that. Are they getting better? Yes, each and every one. This last game against Miami, we've been screaming get some – pass rush, and some pressures. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, we had 32 of them, if I remember my numbers correctly. And it was a good game on that. We've seen some game film clips already. Harrison Phillips is a beast side to side in the middle. They're they're not moving him. Dalvin Tomlinson is being a home wrecker, only you're not seeing it in the stats. All you got to do is watch it. We finally got some pass rush. Z'Darrius Smith's doing well. Daniel Hunter. It's, they're learning the communication portion of it. Where it doesn't yes. seem to work, where we seem to have problems, is in communication, both on the offensive mm-hmm. side and the defensive side. And We saw it on the offensive side yesterday uh, when Kirk airmailed that ball that should have gone to Justin Jefferson, but he ran the wrong route or whatever it was. There's communication. And they hit it later in the game. Yep. That's coming together. And the more time we have to do that, i.e., especially with building up the lead we have in the division and in the NFC as a whole, the more time we have to get all that together, the better they go week to week to week to week to week. This is a big week coming up because it's the bye week. It's the week that they're going to self-scout and they're going to try to fix and repair and you know, readdress some of these issues and how to get them better. And I like Kevin O'Connell and the way he goes about that. We'll find out after the fact when they come out yeah. here in two weeks. But <clears throat> I think so far it's been bid but not break. And that has thankfully done the Vikings well. And they have found a way to win. Yeah. And that's all you got to do. Find a way to win.
2: They absolutely have found a way to win, David. I'm going to kind of read off a couple of stats here that are going to uh, that are going to put the defense in a little bit of an interesting um, element. So third down conversions has been a really net positive still for this team. Now we know that there are a lot of holdovers left from Mike Zimmer's defense. There aren't like the scheme is completely different, and and that has to be taken into account. But they're still great against third downs. They've only allowed 25 out of 72 third down uh, conversions. Um, they are, they've allowed the 13th most or 13th least third downs and they're eighth in conversion percentage. So that is a net positive. They have allowed seven of 12 fourth downs, but because they are so good on third down, it's one of the reasons why you're seeing more fourth downs attempted that I'm not as worried about your, uh, one over 50%. It kind of is what it is. One that is alarming, um, red zone percentage, they are still bad again in the red zone. 12 of 15 have been converted for touchdowns, 80%. The Vikings are 31st in the NFL. The only defense that's worse is the Raiders, and they're 14 to 17. Like, that number needs to be fixed right away, and it's that bend, don't break. If we don't allow them into the red zone, we're fine. But the second they get in, uh, Gumby sees Pokey, and he runs off for an adventure. Like... (laughs) I'm very glad that you remembered Pokey, because Pokey rocks. I love Pokey. Um, like, it's some of those little nuanced things. Kevin O'Connell's been fantastic in the red zone. There have been a couple plays that have floated around. Um, the Irv Smith Jr. touchdown um, came out, and he that play design was really nice, and Irv Smith Jr. sold the block really well to get open, and Kirk hit him with a perfect pass. Like They've been so good on offense in the red zone, but on defense, they have been allowing teams to score, and they they're going to have to figure that out.
1: Yes, they're going to have to because not only are we hopefully going to get better, other teams are trying to get better as well. So mm-hmm.
2: now let's let's take a look at a couple other things. So the Vikings have had sixty five um, drives against, and they have allowed three hundred ninety four plays, which like you're talking at that point like about 65 plays a game all right that's not so bad oh, that's better 65 yeah about average um they're allowing 6 plays per drive 31.354 yards per drive but the starting field position's been tremendous they are number 1 in the NFL in starting field position for the opponent having them start at the 24.4 yard line um the two teams that come right after them are the Eagles and the Packers. So that kind of explains, hey, that was one of the struggles against the Eagles, the Packers, it didn't matter so much. But they're also allowing 1.83 points per drive, which is, which is average, 16th in the NFL. So they're getting teams in advantageous positions for the defense, for the most part. A lot of that has to do with, with Ryan Wright, the rookie punter, boomed a 73-yarder. Sure right. yeah. Oh, look, thick boy. He has been tremendous for the Minnesota Vikings. He's He's got a leg, he's got a frame, and he knows how to use it. And I think it, he's been a tremendous asset. It was kind of confusing at first, Dave, if you remember, getting rid of Jordan Berry. Because Berry was a very good punter for the Vikings last year, 46.7 yards per punt. And then you replace him with a rookie, and you're only saving $200,000 not like you're saving like a couple million but they had they had to cap crunch and it turns out that they were right in that decision and matt daniels the special teams coach has really been in his bag in maximizing everything for this football team so far on that side of the ball and look as weird as it sounds i made the argument that ryan wright was probably our best player yesterday well
1: and that's um, that's a very weird thing unlike the week before when he had his shank Right, and that's been his only bad kick of the season. You talked about the seventy. You talked about the seventy-three yarder. I think Elon Musk called afterwards because that thing was going into orbit. Um, (laughs) That thing was a beauty. But out of the ten punts, and there's a whole problem with having ten punts yesterday. Seven of them were inside the twenty. That tied a record, an NFL record. That is amazing. Not only does he have the leg and the boomstick to make it go 73 yards, he also has the skill and touch to drop it inside the 20 seven different times mm-hmm. in the same game. That's amazing. He is he has been fantastic. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and he also had, had another interesting sum, which when you and I talked on the phone earlier, I told you about. He was the second puncher this season – whose team won a game where he punted 10 or more times week three, the Denver Broncos ended up winning. Those are the first two instances that that had happened since 2016. Mm-hmm. Like this has just been a very quirky football year. Josh Allen is like, for example, Josh Allen is fourth in the NFL in yards per attempt. Pretty dang good stat makes sense for what the bills do, right? Right. The three quarterbacks in front of him are two
1: Bailey Zappi, mm-hmm. and Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, and you'd be the biggest surprise there is, Teddy. But yes, when when the Dolphins planned for a quarterback, they did well. We saw Skyler Thompson started out well and was getting better and better and better until he mm-hmm. hit his hand on, I think it was Darius Smith's helmet, cut it up, cut up his thumb. But it's and you talk for yards per pass. Kirk Cousins is down this season, and that's one of the things we want to see improve over the second half of the season because we know he can. Yeah. I think he's about middle of the road. He's only averaging like six points something per. and That's yeah. and not good for him.
2: No. You want Kirk to be throwing the football down the field more, but he's had some issues. And something we've talked about on the show before those high-low reads where it puts a cornerback in conflict. He has had struggles. He has wanted to throw the ball too early, he hasn't been patient enough now the thing with those reads is you want the cornerback to make a decision that's what that's why you put them in conflict if they stay in the middle and they make the decision after you've made yours that's when stuff happens and that's when interceptions can occur that's when pass breakups like that's how plays go pear shaped. that's how they get broken up so if Those little nuanced things, I think, are what's going to come for this team. Um, I'm very intrigued to see how Kirk continues to remedy that because we did not see very many high-low read throws against the Dolphins. That was not in the game plan, and I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that they ran a lot of man coverage, and the Vikings struggled. Um, There were instances where they were able to do some pick routes, rub routes, to be able to spring guys open. Um, Adam Thielen made a couple really nice catches in tight contested windows, but the Vikings struggled against man coverage And for what their concepts are. These concepts that they run, for the most part, are great against zone because they're just running in space, and then you hit them in windows. Now, I'm very intrigued to see how this continues to evolve, and one of the tough parts is this offense hasn't had a lot of hot routes, Dave. When blitzes happen, and we've known forever, you can beat Kirk Cousins against the blitz. You can, Mm -hmm. and it's not a secret that he struggles against the blitz. So in order to help him, you need to be able to have um, options in some of these concepts, especially on third down. You can't be running a lot of vertical, super vertical concepts on third and seven. You have to have at least one that's shallow so you can give him an outlet. Mm -hmm. Now we've talked about his check downs and and how he checks the ball down too much and he makes too safe decisions sometimes while there are other times where he makes the right decision by going short and they have to be able to give him that opportunity. If nothing's open down the field, there isn't enough of that. And I hope that that's one of the things O'Connell ends up seeing when he studies the film and that I'm very excited for. Um, Joseph, do we think Aaron Rodgers needs lift? Ayahuasca <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> or he needs more? more. Um, look, the answer is yes. Um, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. Um, Unfortunately, you know, among the many things, he is now a motion denier, which you hate to see it. No, you really don't. It's, it's It's a beautiful thing. Like, the Packers lost to the Giants and Jets, who have basically been basement
1: dwellers for the better part of a decade. Hey, it's a wonderful thing. Helps make Monday great. Yes, it
2: does. And the Vikings also happen to be Dave. The only team in the NFL to have a two-game lead in the division. Now you mentioned the half game. Personally, I don't count it because I know that there's another one coming. And
1: like, right? But look, it's two it, whole games it, right now, plus yeah. all the tiebreakers. As of right now, they are mm-hmm. undefeated. I was about to say undefeated in the and the NFC North. They are have only one conference loss. And that's against the Eagles, who is the best team in the NFC presently. So, how because we are 5-1, and one, no matter how we've done it, right? Whether we've been lucky, whether we've had key things happen at the right times, the Vikings have set themselves up that, barring a catastrophic failure, they're going to be in the playoffs. Now, what we want to see as fans is we want to see them improve so they have chances in the playoffs to go a long, long way into the
2: playoffs. Yes. And uh, let's go to our friends at Five Thirty Eight, who have the, um, the numbers for simulated the, simulated the rest of the season. The Vikings currently have a 92% chance to make the playoffs. They're currently projected to have a 12-5 and record with a point differential of 59.3. All right, They are now up to 83% to win the NFC North, 10% to get the first round bye. The Eagles currently are at 63% and the Cowboys at 14%. 5% to win the Super Bowl. Now, I think at this point in the season, if you would have asked me during the summer, hey, after week six, the odds would be 5% chance for you to win the Super Bowl. How would you feel about that? I'd feel great about it. I'd feel fantastic. Like that is a tremendous, tremendous number.
1: Mm -hmm. When you figure out you start with 32 teams and you got a one in 32nd chance, if everything's equal, Mm -hmm. now you're above that. So that's a good thing. Yeah.
2: Um, a couple numbers, uh, that are interesting. Um, the bills are currently leading the NFL in, uh, Super Bowl percentage at 27%, and it's it's really hard to argue against it because of how complete of a team they are, and they showed it against Kansas City Chiefs. And it, it wasn't the prettiest on the scoreboard, but that was a phenomenal football game of two teams just going to war against each other, and they figured out a way to get it done against Patrick Mahomes.
1: Mm-hmm. And they still have a whole bunch of games left in Buffalo, including mm-hmm. ours in three weeks. Four weeks.
2: yes that is that's gonna be uh very interesting um and it's gonna be very fun for the cook family as no matter what one of the, their family members is going to end up winning and to see them play each other in James's first season is that, is pretty special
1: that game could be the 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 one point in the season where we go hey our team is special mm-hmm So there's the potential of that. It all depends how well we play in Buffalo, you know, in the weather, whatever at that time, if the game is close and they battle, even if we lose, we're going to say, Hey, we got something here. Yeah. So hopefully they're working towards that. We still have Mm -hmm. two games prior. We obviously have Arizona and uh, coming out of the bye, And then it's trying to remember who's after that. Um,
2: Is yeah, it Washington? Um, yep, Washington. And then after the Buffalo game, hey, Dave, we have three straight, three straight home games. Um, mm-hmm. Raymond, I'm going to touch on that in a second because I, um, I think that's a very interesting point. They have home games against the Cowboys four days later against the Patriots, which that that's one living. is interesting. They don't ever give teams home and home on a Thursday night game. It's always home and away. So the Vikings got incredibly scheduled luck there. And then after that, they host the New York Football Jets. And that three-game stretch, because they had their last two games on the road, they are going to be very vital for this team in order to really take that next step.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And we want to congratulate the Jets on their game yesterday.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, look, the Jets, by the time we get to them, if they're healthy, they're not going to be an easy football team because they have great coaching. They have a really g- gotten a persona. Like, mm-hmm. this is a very good football team. Um, I'm really excited to kind of see how how the Jets continue to develop. And it could be bad for the Vikings when we get there, but – that's a long way away. Let, um, let's let continue talking about what this team currently is. And it starts with the quarterback. Raymond makes the point, have you guys noticed Kirk's personality changed, meaning more open and laid back? Like, Raymond, you're 100% right. And I think it's more visible with Kirk because, listen, he's a dorky dad. And there's nothing wrong with being a dorky dad. That's that's who he is. He's, he's a dorky dad. Like He's the guy that's going to call you champ while he's flipping burgers at a pool party. Like, that's who he is. And he's having fun with his teammates. You can tell his teammates are having fun with him because he's a dork. And that's good. That's camaraderie. Like, I wrote a piece for the Vikings where i check it out because it's hilarious if you haven't seen the video of him wearing multiple diamond chains. And, like, dad sunglasses just vibing on the plane home. He's wearing windbreaker pants. Like, just peak dad stuff. And The team is rallying around it. They're having a good time. Look, it's a net positive. Hmm? When you have a guy like Mike Zimmer, it works when you're winning. When you start losing, eh, not so much. So, like, this is a net positive development for the Vikings. And Kirk is having fun. But let's see how this continues because we kind of said it after the Eagles game, Dave. What happens when you get punched in the mouth? They were mm-hmm. one and one. Nobody panicked. But if they lose two or three in a row, that is really going to test the fortitude of this team and what this coaching staff has. Because we've seen it in past years. Five and zero in the Mike Zimmer era with Sam Bradford, they go in and, eight and miss the playoffs. Now, that had a lot of extenuated circumstances. Mm-hmm. Multiple offensive linemen lost for the season. Multiple, and obviously, like all manager. of
1: them. Second, first, second, and third <laughs> strings. They were pulling guys out of 7 11 to play. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and they were corners, surprisingly. Right. Yeah. Um, 2003, Vikings started 6 0 and missed mm-hmm. the playoffs because of Nate Poole. And the Packers ended up having backup quarterback T Martin play against them at home in that season finale. And like they missed the playoffs then, too. Those teams with those coaching staffs were not able to overcome that punch in the mouth. They just weren't. The Vikings have a similar start at 5-1. and one. If they get punched in the mouth, how will they respond? I'm not going to speculate. We really don't know when they get knocked down how they're going to respond. Because all we, 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 we have nothing to go by with Kevin O'Connell. We just don't. And that is something to keep in the back of your mind. If and when it happens, what happens with the vibe around this team? What happens with the coaching staff? How contentious do they get with the media? All those little things, that's just going to be something to think about
1: because we genuinely have no freaking clue. Right, and the, the one loss against Philadelphia wasn't enough of a gauge because everybody knew Philadelphia was good and it was going to be a hard game. Uh, mm-hmm. So, as Mary said, they're starting to believe in each other, and yeah. that's that's a first it was more compartmentalized under Zimmer and offense versus defense, you know, this group versus that group. And I, now I think you're getting more whole team. and We're starting to believe each other from the special teams on up, you know, both the offense yeah. and the defensive side. And, and it's, it's a good thing. And we're starting to see some of the leaders step out and do it, whether it be Patrick Peterson, or on on the defensive side, um, Kirk Cousins obviously wearing the, you know, tens of thousands of dollars worth of jewelry. Uh, it, it's it's a good thing. Not that he's going to be, he's obviously a leader. You saw him get emotional on the sidelines. But it's, it's the whole team starting to rally. And when you get that whole team effort, you tend to have the ball bounce your way. And that's uh, something good so far.
2: No, it hundred percent is. Um, we're gonna kind of uh, go in a little bit of a different direction, Dave. To a
1: hold on to Kirk
2: Cousins, Raymond. Let's talk about this, and then I'm gonna go into some Kirk Cousins stats that um, and how they've evolved throughout the years. Because it's a specific, a mad like a specific instance that we're talking about here. Listen, the the North is the Vikings, but I also say that with this caveat.
0: Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void or prohibitive. Here's worth the snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito
2: The Packers have started rough before. And then they've also won 13 games in each of the last three seasons. This is a football team that has good coaching. It has elite level talent in a lot of positions. You're talking about Aaron Rodgers, David Bakhtiari, Aaron Jones, Rashawn Gary, um, Jair Alexander. Darnell Savage is kind of creeping up there on the back end. You have really talented players. They need to figure it out. They have not yet. But I'm not counting out the Packers until they give me a reason to actually count them out. Right now, they're hitting a rough patch, and they have to figure that out. But I, I, the Vikings control their own destiny. If they lose one more game than the Packers over the next 12 weeks, Vikings win the division. So it kind of is um, theirs for the taking at this point, but I'm not counting it as any kind of certainty either. It's a very interesting element. Um, you can't count out Aaron Rodgers until he's dead. The Vikings, it, uh, football, when they – <laughs> When they beat the Packers in Green Bay to win the 2015 NFC North Championship, it came down to the last play of the game. Aaron Rodgers is that good, that talented. You have to bury him at the end. Vikings are going to need to do that New Year's Year's Day
1: 2023. Uh, Skull 2 Grant did win the NFL Championship in 1969 and then lost in the Super Bowl. Yep. I'm well aware of the history. Yeah. yeah. But- I'm just saying, we don't, when it comes to coaches, we hope for the best for all of them. But they've all eventually have failed. But Grant's come the closest to not. And, you know, he yes. came back and he eventually retired. But all the rest get fired. That's mm-hmm. that's part of the job. You can take some of the greatest coaches out, Ever, Vince Lombardi got fired, right? Um, you have Bill Belichick, probably the goat, got fired, right? Um, all of them at some point in time get fired. It's those that can, you know, bring a team and do a whole bunch of winning, which Zimmer did. He was the third winningest coach in Vikings history. We hope Kevin O'Connell starts to move up that list and then establish establishes his own legacy. And when we would love for him to see, take the purple and win a Super Bowl, and then we could build a statue outside US Bank, I'd help design it. Trust me, I have the skills. We could do that. But while we have him at the time, we root for him because we love this team. We want this team to succeed. and. None of us, as fans, have a say in whoever hires the head coach. So we've got to go with what's best at the time. And as it fades back in history, we will look better on that. Some of the good seasons, some of the great memories that came from those years. But Mm -hmm. right now, it's still a little raw. And we need to get over that. You need to look forward instead of backwards, because there's no use looking backwards at this point in time. We're in the middle of the season. Yep. Let's go win football games.
2: Absolutely. And, Thomas, Dave does not want to fire a KOC. No, I don't want to
1: football. fire a KOC. Yeah, I like him so far. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Um, I, I will say, um, Coach of the Year, Kevin O'Connell's getting up there.
1: He's probably second behind Dayball. It depends what the Giants do the rest of the year. Because- I'll be honest.
2: Like if, if the Giants win eight or nine games, I think it's Dayballs by a landslide mm-hmm. for this reason. the. There are multiple criteria for winning coach of the year. If you are a first year head coach, that gives you a benefit because you're coming in fresh. If you have to exceed expectations, overcome adversity, and have success, the Giants were expected to pick in the top five of the draft next year. They've won five games out of six, like using like third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh string receivers each week. I love Brian Dayball. He's made Daniel Jones look like an NFL quarterback, something he hasn't looked like at all over the course of his first four years. Like, that's that's pretty impressive to me. Um, mm-hmm. O'Connell inherited a much better roster, a much better infrastructure, and they're really rebuilding things from the ground up in New York because it was left in complete disarray, and they've won five games out of six. To me, Brian Dayball is the runaway coach of the year. Nick Sirianni can creep in there, too. Um, And then if, like, Buffalo ends up winning, like, 16 games, Mm -hmm. they may be in the running, or McDermott may be in the running for coach of the year. That's going to be fun to watch. We're going to keep monitoring it on this show because KOC is firmly in the mix with what kind of success he has had to start his tenure with the Minnesota Vikings.
1: And like we said in the beginning of the show, as long as we keep getting better and better and better, and he brings his team and – To the point where we exceed we all expect to get to the playoffs. We did it even at Mm -hmm. the beginning of the year. If he gets further into the playoffs, we're good. Um, folks, Thomas Purple Hayes, Zim's had his time. He's done. I'm all for Mm -hmm. KOC. I love what he's doing on this team. I at the end of last year I was calling for Zimmer to be fired as well. It's but you gotta take it as a whole. The Vikings history started in sixty one. It's a book, it goes chapter to chapter. You're going to like parts of each chapter. There's some Mm -hmm. parts of the chapters you're not going to like, and you're going to want to move on from. Uh, When I started my first website, right, I had a chili meter because I thought Brad Childress was an idiot. That was me as somebody that was reporting on him and, you know, wanted, you know, him fired. I like what I see in KOC. I enjoyed the time with Zimmer. All those first four years, or so. I mean, there was the heartache of 2016. We talk about how the line just absolutely got decimated, but it was a fun to watch that story develop. And you've got to look at it as a fandom as a story. We aren't, mm-hmm. we aren't a uh, desti- or, uh, destiny. We aren't a uh, dynasty team yet. I would love to be. Talk to the Cowboys fans down here. They're still grumbling that they haven't had a Super Bowl since the 80s or whatever that was. They're They're showing pictures of the cheerleaders, right? With the current cheerleaders and the cheerleaders from the Super Bowl teams look like me. They're that old, right? It's, um, you want to keep, you want to keep the story going and you want to keep it going in the right direction. And, as of, like, we're talking the chapters, Thomas. You've watched since '69. I went to my first game in '69 against the Bears at the old Met. Um, it's you want the high point of the chapters, and then when it gets to the low point, you want to move on to the next one. We're on to the next one. Let's build this one and let it be the best yet.
2: Bingo, bango, bongo. I think that's that's perfect. Um, let's uh Keep throwing the questions in the comments um, because I'm going to answer them at the end. We're going to end on this topic, and it's going to be Kirk Cousins, and specifically Kirk Cousins and Shotgun. I sent you this earlier today, Dave, and I found it very interesting because I've noticed they're using Kirk and Shotgun a lot more than they did after John DiFilippo got fired. And one of the reasons he got fired is because it didn't really work the way it was intended. And there was some internal battling between Filippo and Zimmer, Zimmer wanted to do it his own way. It didn't really work that, like that. So let's take a look, all right? 2018, I'm just going to go dropbacks, touchdowns, and interceptions. The yards, it they all kind of match what the dropbacks and pass attempts are. So uh, I'm not going to bore you with those stats. All right. 2018, 522 dropbacks. This is only in shotgun. 22 touchdowns on interceptions, 2019, 243, 9 and 3, mm-hmm. 2020, 297, 15 and 9, 2021, 369, 18 and 4. So far this year, 145, 4 touchdowns, 4 interceptions. With a projection based on what we, the data we currently have, he will drop back 411 times, for 11 touchdowns and 11 interceptions, and throw for 2,553 yards, which per dropback would be one of his worst, would, I believe it is his worst rate of every season thus far, just, just in the shotgun. Yeah. Now, when I take a look at those numbers, Dave, I I understand why KOC wants to utilize the shotgun. It lets the quarterback, especially when you spread it out, get a better sense of what's going on every single second. Um, and then uh, the thing with play action is it takes like two seconds or so to fully do the play action fake turn your head around get set well sometimes the play can be completely busted up or you won't get to your progression fast enough because hey a guy was open at second three but when you get to him at second four he's not anymore based on when you needed to let the football go so the idea of shotgun is to be able to quicken that process up. So you don't have to worry so much. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then you could see, you're obviously seeing all the um, disguising and coverage, all those little nuances makes all the sense in the world, right? Well, when you have Kirk in shotgun, he, as you can tell, he's more prone to turnovers. He is, he's thrown four interceptions out of the shotgun this year in 137 pass attempts. That is like one in like, that's like a 3% interception rate. That is very high. When you take a look at some other seasons, 2018, he threw nine. 2020, he threw nine. A lot of that was... He got a little too um, big for his britches, and he was specifically trying to, like, get the Vikings back into football games. And it didn't work. So you can kind of forgive him a little bit there. But utilizing Kirk shotgun to me is fascinating. I really don't... Think it's the best idea, just because I don't think that's his game. His game is play action, play under center. But when you play action and play under center, Dave, you have more to your disposal. You have mm-hmm. the threat of a traditional running game, which the Vikings are pretty good at. They struggled yesterday,
1: which helps but they are play overall action. pretty good. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, it did. Um, I I worry about him being used so much in the shotgun, just because we've seen it bear out over time that he's not the best in shotgun. I know Raymond just said. Um, that give it time and he'll get better. Like, will he? He's 34. He's about to turn 35. Like, we're not talking about uh, a young guy here. And I wonder if if the Vikings need to focus a little bit more on doing some under center stuff just to make sure that we're catering to Kirk's strengths. Now, this isn't a Kirk-bashing session. This is trying to understand what the Vikings are doing and try to link it up to – how the Vikings can maximize what their quarterback is. Because you know what Kirk is. He's Mm -hmm. not really going to change. The goal is to maximize him to make this team as good as it can possibly be. And I really don't see that being in the shotgun. So I wonder if that's going to keep continuing. Yeah. Well, so 145 dropbacks in 2022. That's over six games. That is 29 dropbacks per game in shotgun. Dave, that's a lot.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That's half. Now, I will considering um, you
1: run around 65, 70 plays per game. Mm-hmm.
2: That is a, a hundred and forty-five. Oh, what? Oh, I've, I'm I'm changing it. So, one hundred and forty-five dropbacks in shotgun, <clears throat> only sixty-four in uh, under center for two hundred nine dropbacks.
1: Okay, like. So, two thirds roughly. Um, yeah, roughly. He's there. Well, it that's it, one of the things Kevin O'Connell's going to look at on the self scout. And like Purple Hay said, and Wes um, Phillips will also look at that. How How is that? the Hopefully, run the numbers. They're, they're numbers guys, they love numbers to see how that helps. Um, Ram's suffering from jewels. We got them. I don't know. Um, But if they should maximize it, but there may be concepts that they're setting up now. And we know that's the case that they're setting up for later in the season, right? That they're going Mm -hmm. to show something, even if it's not working completely, they're going to show it because something else is going to spin off of it in the future. We are, uh, it's got to be one of those, um, developmental things. It's one of the things they're going to look at, or at least they should. You always yeah. you want to, I had an old Colonel one day that says you want to constantly improve, right? Improve your situation. That's what, what you do every day, constantly improve that. And that stuck with me. It was a uh, one I had during the Gulf war, Hank Taylor. Um, And if you're constantly improving your situation and Kevin O'Connell is working on that premise of let's constantly make it better. Let's look at ways we can. It's not a big deal. This may be just that initial put down on tape, what we're doing and how we can evaluate. Now that we're in the buy, we can evaluate our own players on how, what we put down on tape, what we call, ask them is working. And then we can make adjustments from that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I And they've already shown to be, The, like, to as I'm having some word vomit, I apologize. They've already shown the willingness and ability to try and set teams up Mm -hmm. and run stuff and then use stuff off of that. And that's going to keep continuing because they're going to have looks the team saw in week two that all of a sudden they're going to um, run something off of it in week 15. Like, that's just the way these offensive uh, minded players work. These offensive-minded coaches work, and they're always trying to get an advantage over the defense. And that is an easy way because everything you do is on tape. And I'll never forget, um, if you ever catch it, there's like a two-minute clip floating around on the internet, Dave, of Ed Reed talking about playing Peyton Manning. Mm -hmm. And he knew that Peyton Manning would know everything about what he does. Everything. And what was really fascinating is Ed Reed legitimately said – he would intentionally blow coverages during the season to mess with Peyton Manning so then he could take advantage of it. He would blow actual coverage. Uh-huh. Blow coverage. And he got interceptions on Peyton Manning that way. And Peyton Manning was like, what? But no. And, and Reed told him at one point, yeah, I would intentionally blow coverages to pick you off. And it worked. Because sometimes that's what you have to do. You have mm-hmm. to intentionally do things one way to try and flippy do it and get things going in your direction down down the road. And excuse me, coaches are try- starting to figure that those little nuances out. I'm very intrigued to see how Kevin O'Connell evolves because we know he is a quality offensive mind. We know that he understands how to do A, B, C, and D. Utilizes weapons. Get guys like Jefferson assuming touches.
1: Just drinking that
2: grass. Uh, shut your mouth, Dave. <laughs> um, and evolution is the key with any coordinator. Mm-hmm. I could tell you 10 things that they like to do right now. If I could tell you 10 things, teams that do this for a living are going to be able to tell you 30. So how he evolves and how they use this to self-scout this week is going to be really, really, really important. To the success of this team. And please go to the Vikings Wire. Uh, Judd Zolgat, our friend from Score North, Purple Daily, Mackie and Judd. He also writes for me with the Vikings Wire. And he wrote a really nice piece today talking about the importance of self-scouting and understanding what is going on.
1: I'll have to check that out.
2: It, it was very good. Um, and it, it released at about 3 o'clock today. So,
1: uh, Speaking of Score North and our friends over there, our condolences go out to Phil Mackie on the loss of his father this last weekend. If you did not see that on a Twitter or Facebook feeds, he did. Um, his father had been ill for a while, but it always hurts to lose your dad. So mm-hmm. my heart goes out to Phil and his family.
2: Yeah, I, I spoke with Phil on Sunday, and um, he was he was hurting, but um, he uh, I know he also had the luxury of spending a lot of extra time with his dad before he passed. And that was a very incredible blessing that he, he was able to receive. So uh, Mm. all of our thoughts and condolences, prayers and good vibes go out to the Mackey family as they deal with this very difficult time. Um, In the meantime, like feel free to engage with Phil on Twitter in a respectful way, talking football. I know that a one, it will make him feel good and it will, and it will help kind of distract him from just the realities of life. Um, and he loves a good conversation about football. So don't be shy to go and try and engage him, okay? In the meantime, with engagement, we have a lot of very engaging shows, Dave. And that includes your two old bloggers. Now, the question is, will it also be on Saturday with there being no Vikings game
1: this weekend? Oh, you bet there will. There's no okay. There's no bye week for us, maybe. Darren and I are going at it. Uh we're going to be breaking down some stuff. We've already talked about it. We're doing the old self-scout ourselves. We're going to be looking at the team where we can go, where we can get better from here, how, you know, what we think of this season, what could go off from there. And debuting Sunday, we're going to introduce the, you may have seen the tweet today. The Climate of Pocket Network has a new sponsor called Badass Wood, I think, um, well, they'll probably slap me if I got that wrong. But it's a, it's a, a guy that uses, um, oh, what is it? Not a coping saw, band saw, uh, mitre, not a miter saw, um a specific type of saw that used to cut shapes. And he makes beautiful artwork with it. We'll get into that on Sunday. That'll be at the end of the first segment. And uh, we'll go on there from there. We still have our trusted... Lake Monster Brewing, they have their big Monster Bash coming up on the 29th. $9 to get in, lasts from noon to almost midnight. They've got multiple bands and live music, and of course the best beer in St. Paul and the whole Minnesota Vikings viewing area. It's absolutely great. We'll be here. Now, coming up tomorrow, we may or may not have a Vikings Hot Takes. Guys said they would, but I've yet to see the questions. So we'll see about that Wednesday. We do have a Vikings happy hour this week. I've no idea who's going on, but I got an affirmative yes, Dave. We're having a show. So guarantee we'll be here Wednesday. I'll let you know for tomorrow on Viking uh, on no, Viking Hot Takes whether uh, Flip and Eric show up and have any takes of their own. Till then, you know. We've got Climb in the Pocket. We've got it on Facebook. We've got it on Twitter. You can find us just about everywhere. And, of course, YouTube. Catch up on some old shows if you must. But we love our Vikings. Present Vikings, past Vikings, all of them, we love them. We wish they won more, and we hope they win more all the way to the Super Bowl.
2: Absolutely. And I'll, I'll answer this, Joseph. I'll be honest, I don't know where to find that stat, uh, the three and out. I spent a lot of yesterday trying to figure it out. I've found I it before. Up,
1: I will look for it after the show.
2: Please do, because I ended up manually counting. And I will say with my 22, count of 22, it depends on how, how they judge three and outs, because one of them was three plays and a turnover. I counted that as a three and out. That Mm -hmm. was against, I believe, the Bears. So there is a chance that there's one less three and out for the Vikings. But I will, um, Joseph, I will make sure that um, I update it. um, And you'll be able to check my Twitter feed. And I will make sure that I do that. In the meantime, thank you, everybody, for joining. Next week, for sure, have Nick Olson joining uh, from Kindred Schools on his podcasting network.
1: Uh, There's a smart will, football mind breaking down mm-hmm. some tape.
2: Yep. And um, I'm looking at kind of adding some other stuff too. We're, ju- we're going to talk about scheme stuff. We're going to get really nitty-gritty and nerdy and try to explain what the Vikings are doing, why they're doing it, and why it makes sense. So they try to make you a little bit smarter when it comes to watching the games and you see it play and be like, oh, I know that because they explained it on the show. We're going to try and introduce some of those elements long term and nick is one of the best in the business to help with that because Mm -hmm. he's smart and he has this innate ability to explain things where you feel inherently smarter when hearing it and you don't feel like you're being talked down to he is that kind of tremendous speaker so it'll be a lot of fun in the meantime from dave and myself skull
1: vikings baby skull vikings